0: Welcome to Houston
1: Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast and joining me and my co-host Stephen Kerr is our old friend, Steph Stradley, been on with us a number of times and she writes about the Texans for the Houston Chronicle. Great to have you back with us, Steph. Always good to be here. You were in the building for this wild card game on Saturday. I heard one fan this morning say it was the loudest she's ever heard it in that building. What did you think? Geez, I would say
0: that the, the pick six was louder only because it made the cement shake, but it didn't last (laughs) as long. Like, no, literally during, during when that pick six happened, I'm like, is the building going to come down because the ground beneath me was shaking, but for a sustained amount of time where people were being loud, that was pretty amazing. Um, people were standing up for most of the football game. I mean, there wasn't a lot to be cheering loud about, and there were a lot of Bills fans there. So, you know, there was a lot of noise when good things happened to the Bills. But once good things happened, then they really started happening, and there were actual good things to be cheering about.
1: I assume you were talking about the pick six, uh, the J.J. Watt pick six from the Bengals playoff game?
0: That that's correct. Also, I would say the first game in Texans history that won against the Cowboys, that that was remarkably loud. Like if you look at one of the, the um broadcasts from that day, they talk about it's like all you know, just kind of that pent up need for having football and you know, we have a pent up need for having an AFC championship. So that that would be great if if the stars aligned so we got another game. Uh, it's not likely, but it could happen.
2: Speaking of J.J. Watt, I mean, could you almost just feel the energy in the building shift, Steph, when he made that sack?
0: Well, yeah, you know, it was kind of funny. They They did kind of a strange announcement at the beginning of the game where they didn't announce either the offense or the defense. They kind of announced the captains together, and it was almost anticlimactic. And then, you know, there wasn't a lot of great things happening because, you know, he didn't play a ton early in the game. And some of the worst drives were when he was off the field. But, yeah, you know, everything was going bad and then everything was going good until, you know, it kind of got kind of hairy at the end. But, you know. At near the end of the game, it felt like the fans were a part of a part of that because you know if he doesn't make that stop and and hold it to you know three instead of seven, you know who knows what what the final result is.
1: Well, Steph, the the Texans fans were happy to get him back, but I'm kind of wondering if there's something going on with uh, his fiance because the dash trader today and I saw her uh, her response basically saying I wanted to be traded. You, you think she? She might be needing a little space from JJ. It's like, okay, I, I'm, I, I, you, you've been around way too much this year.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about that. Um, I and and I have to say I am not an expert in uh, dash
1: soccer.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna not say anything about. It.
1: Yeah, that was that was an interesting story. Uh, Steve and I, we did our breakdown of the Bills game and, and the post game show a couple of days ago. If anybody missed it, make sure to go back and listen. But one of the things we didn't get into was how not just that Tywine Jones was part of the biggest play of the game, you know, actually on the field in that biggest play of the game, but also rookie fullback Cullen Gillaspia was in for eight plays, including the incredible Deshaun 20 yard touchdown run step where he made the key block. These, these were two guys you wouldn't have expected to have any part of this playoff game.
0: You know, it's kind of interesting in the bigger context of the Texans. You know, the Texans for a long time had the philosophy that you had your core players and then you just churned players. And I don't think that that is kind of the philosophy of the current team. The current team recognizes, yeah, you're going to have your key players that you build around, but that every single player on this team is important to do their job, whatever it is and whatever role it is and whatever kind of game plan you have to have for a, a particular week. And they needed him. They needed both of those guys at the moments that they were in. You know, They've they, they really kind of worked around a lot of different issues that, you know, like the team that they were at the end of training camp is not the team that they are at the end of this season. And, you know, that's something – that Bill O'Brien talks about is like, okay, are you peaking at the right time? And do you have the pieces in place to just win a few games? Like they just need to win a few more games, whatever the records were, whatever is their strengths and weaknesses over the course of a very long season where you have players going in and out from injuries. All of that doesn't matter anymore. They just have to win a few games and they win the whole thing.
2: Well, when you see players like Tywan Jones making the play that he did and Gary and Conley making some great plays on defense, I don't know, when that was happening, it, it kind of reminded me of baseball and how in the baseball postseason, some of the most unlikeliest of heroes occur. And that, that certainly occurred in the Texans-Bills game uh, this past Saturday, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah. And, you know, part of the unlikely heroes of, of the players added to this team is, you know, these were players that were highly regarded players that had gone to some bad teams. You know, Gary Conley, he's with Oakland. You know, Vernon Hargraves was with Tampa Bay. Taiwan Jones was with the Bills. And you can be individually a decent player, but if you're not in the right fit, you don't have – you know, the right situation to succeed. And sometimes you do need a a change of environment and, you know, there's no better change of environment from going from a sorry team. That's not very well run to going to a team (laughs) that if you have Deshaun Watson, you have, you know, you have a chance every year. It was kind of interesting to me with the, the press conference that O'Brien had where he was talking about peaking at the right time and, and the teams that are left and, And one of the things that he mentioned was, you know, he goes, oh yeah, you know, you have to get better, blah, blah, blah. And if you have a quarterback and na, na, na. And I'm like, oh yeah. If you have a quarterback in the playoffs, that's pretty helpful.
1: I want to ask you about Jacob Martin, uh, kind of a strange off, offbeat guy to ask about, but he's put up some sack numbers in the last few games when the Texans have given him a chance. And yes, he gets a sack when JJ's, in the game, but he's doing stuff without JJ. And I really feel like, you know, maybe he should get a little bit more time out there. I I mean, I I understand that they see him as maybe a pass rushing specialist only. Do you see any potential that, I mean, he played about 36% of the snaps this past Sunday. Do you feel like it helps at all that JJ is back playing more? Maybe he gets some more snaps that you can put a guy out like that out there as opposed to I don't know if like it's a, a Brennan Scarlett or something like that or do you see it he's just going to continue to get spot duty on you know must passing downs
0: you know i i hate to judge him off of you know just very little work i mean he's different than most of the guys that they have on on their defensive line so he is kind of more of a change of pace guy at least with what i've seen so far like he's not going to be your bread and butter guy it's hard to know if a player that you've used in spot situations will still be able to do well when you give them more work. And, you know, he, he did have some injury issues earlier in the season, but yeah, I mean, he he gives you a little bit of something that, you know, you know, offensive linemen sometimes have issues with, with guys that, that are kind of the speed guys like Jacob Martin seems to be, um, with with the Texans. So, you know, maybe for some matchups or at certain times of the game, it makes sense to kind of put him in the mix.
2: Steph, the Texans have such a penchant for starting slowly and then they turn it on in the second half for later in the game. They did it against Kansas City back in October. They were down 17 to three. They came back and won. They did it this past weekend again against the Bills. I mean, Do you think, is there any hope to believe that the Texans will actually go to Kansas City this Sunday Maybe come out firing on all cylinders on the first drive. Maybe even be aggressive and try to make something happen. Or are we just
1: destined to see the same old Texans fall behind and then have to come from behind to win the game? How about get to the stadium earlier? That that might be the the, the best thing to do.
0: <laughs> you know, as frustrated as fans are with that, I am sure that the Houston Texans are more frustrated with that. And you you almost think that there's a mole in the building, who's revealing what their early game tendencies are. I, I don't know the answer to that early in the season. I thought it was partially, you know, incorporating new people into the offense because, you know, you had, you know, new running backs that hadn't gone through the entire camp with you, you had Laramie Tunzel going, okay, I'm going from this horrible team to this good team. And, trying to learn an offense on the fly. So at first my thought was, well, you know, these guys are just trying to figure out this offense, but I mean, it's endured over the course of the season and it's not always been the same thing. You know, sometimes it's penalties, you know, in the previous matchup, you know, Carlos Hyde's revenge game, he coughs the ball up early in the game. And, you know, and, and really, you know, they're going to want to have the same sort of, game plan that they had last time. I mean, the the players are very different from the first matchup but what's not different is they're going to the best thing that they can do for their defense going against that Kansas City offense is to keep Mahomes off the field and the way that they did that was controlling the clock. You know, the Kansas City defense is not very good at run defense and you know, down in the playoffs, you know, where every play matters. If you're just chewing time off the clock, it doesn't matter how great your offense is if they can't get on the field. And you know the Texans experienced that some to some degree against the Bills, and they're going to want to do that to Kansas City.
1: You're at the games most of the time, and or almost every time, I think. So so you you see the Texans in person. Is Deshaun Watson seeing the field? Any better as the year has gone on? Have you noticed a difference in him not missing as many guys open down the field when you're at the game? Because when, when you're watching on television, we can't see the whole field as well.
0: I watch at the games and I, I watch, you know, the film cut ups. It's it's really hard to say because, you know, the quarterback position, yeah, if you're just looking at it like from God view. Yeah, you might see an opening, but you can't see necessarily what he's seeing over the offensive line. I mean, it. I think it's no surprise that his play-action numbers are great and that they went to more play-action in the second half of the game and did well with it. I don't like when they kind of get bogged into that he's in the pocket, in the pocket, doesn't find his read and then has to bail. Like I don't necessarily see that the scheme works to his strengths. I mean, he's not six foot four, a mobile guy who gets rid of the ball in you know, you know, one point seven five seconds. I mean, that's not him. Now he can do that at times, but you know, it, I don't think necessarily that sometimes the offense works to his strengths where they're like trying to maybe see what's happening, um, how the defense is playing different things. I mean, he's clearly going to be seeing the defense is better, just being a more experienced player. Um, But I think also it it doesn't help when Will Fuller's not on the field because as good as DeAndre Hopkins is, having two big threats is always – Is always more important to stretch the field. Like if if they can, if they just know that they can take Hopkins out, then, you know, it makes it a more difficult day. Now, I do think that one of the things that's been good about the Texans' offense kind of down the stretch is it hasn't only been one guy, that they have been able at times to spread the ball to the tight end position, that sometimes they have more running back focused games. Sometimes Hopkins, has a big game, or you don't think he's having a big de- game, and then at the end of the day, you look at the numbers and they're huge. I mean, it's not just the DeAndre Hopkins show, and I think, I think that is for the benefit of the team as a whole because good teams that you face on defense can focus on one guy. It's really hard to focus on one guy,
2: you know, facing this matchup. Let me piggyback on that, Steph, because. I didn't notice this until after the game, and it was pointed out. But in the first half of the Bills game, DeAndre Hopkins was playing a lot of slot receiver. And yes. he didn't have a catch at all in the first half. And then, of course, in the second half is is when he started making his mark. So, you know, that, again, has to be contributed to the fact that Will Fuller, when he's not in the game, and Bill O'Brien obviously doesn't trust Kiki QT, or we'd see more of him in there. So do, do you think that was one of the reasons that you saw Hopkins more... In the slot in the first half as opposed to the second half when it wasn't working.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think they just realized that it, it wasn't working and that, you know, you know, they had to try something different because the first half of that game was just an abomination. I mean, it was just bad. Uh, it doesn't help starting off your game where you're in an immediate hole. I mean, they... That is going to be the risk of this upcoming game is that they're going to have the Tyreek Hill show again. And, you know, it's much harder playing offense when you're playing from behind. I mean, you wouldn't know it by how the Texans have been playing this year. But, I mean, part of playing from behind has been that their defense isn't as good as it's been in previous years, that they've had to not have J.J. Watt. But they had to change things up, like the the game plan was not working, and they had to figure out some things that would would work. And, you know, Hopkins on the outside, you know, there's nobody that works the boundary any better than he does.
1: Kenny Stills is not slow. I mean, he's not Will Fuller, but he's not slow. And one of my frustrations is when Will Fuller doesn't play, and I don't know if you agree with this stuff, but when he doesn't play, the Texans don't even seem to try to go down the field as much as when Fuller plays just to make the defense think that you can do it and you can, you can throw it to Kenny Stills, even if he's not open, just launch one, overthrow it, put that thought in their head. Do you you feel that? I mean, with the bills game, it was weird because I don't, I didn't feel like the offensive, well, not the offensive line. It was just the bills defense was so good that he wasn't getting a lot of time early to to sit back there, but like against the chiefs or against other teams, is that something that you would like to see them do more is maybe throw a downfield early in the game to at least give that threat. And maybe that opens up the offense a little bit. Yeah. I
0: mean, I think, I think you're right in identifying the fact that not only is the bills defense, a great defense, they have a lot of individually good players. So you can just go, okay, well, this is, you know, the pass rush threat and we'll just load up on this guy. I mean, They had a lot of great pass rushers, so you weren't going to have a lot of time to wait for something to open up. I also kind of wonder how healthy Stills is at this point in the year. You know, he's missed some time and, you know, he doesn't have maybe the same type. I mean, he is a professional wide receiver, like he is a wide receiver. He isn't somebody that they're kind of developing into being an NFL wide receiver. I mean, he has those skill sets. Um, But, you know, he didn't have, he didn't have the whole summer to work with Watson. You know, I, and, you know, at this stage of of the season, I'm not sure how healthy is like, so I'm not sure how much you'd want to be sending him down the field. And as for Kiki Kuti, you know, he was always somebody that showed out in training camp when you don't have pads on. But, you know, when he, he got some opportunities, he didn't make the most of it during the season. And yeah, there's a lack of trust.
2: Steph, Robert, and I have gotten on Romeo Cornell throughout the season on various occasions just because of some of his defensive schemes, you know, pre-vet defense at, at such odd times. But I have to say one thing for him, and it showed up in the Bills game this past weekend. He is one coach that can go in at halftime and make the defensive adjustments that work in the second half. I mean, all the Bills got were two field goals while the Texans
1: were roaring back and eventually won the game. Helps when J.J.'s on the field more often, too. That That, that helped, too.
0: That's the biggest thing, you know, to, to paraphrase some things, uh, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken beaks and (laughs) that Rome, like I know that some people were really upset with Romeo Cronell this season, but but without Watt and without JD Clowney, you had a lot of different guys on, on the defensive line, that are not not your workhorses. They are not your workhorse. Oh, you better watch out for that guy. You better double team that guy, right? And and during the course of the season, they're adding secondary players. Like that's so hard to do. So like his like his defense, like he had he had to make a defense happen. Over the course of the year, now were there some games where it looked very ugly? Yes, yes. The Denver game was extraordinarily ugly. They were trying some things out with the secondary that clearly were not working for that game. But yeah, the the defense looks better when J.J. Watt is on the field more. That I mean, it, it just does. They have to double team him, or he's going to get his. And when they double team him then these these the good defensive line players can get in there i mean and if 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 there isn't a pass rush, it doesn't matter who who the quarterback is they're going to be able to find a guy open, and the secondary it doesn't matter who's on the secondary if you don't have a pass rush that has to be respected, guys are going to get balls they just are, and you know this week. They're not facing Josh Allen, who is all over the place with his accuracy. Um, they, they're going to face a real offensive scheme and a real quarterback.
1: Anybody that had a rooting interest in the Texans was rooting for the Texans playing the Chiefs this week. How do you see this matchup? Do you like this? I mean, we saw a Chiefs team earlier in the season with Mahomes not at 100%. There was no Sammy Watkins. Uh Despite that, do you feel like this is obviously the better matchup with the Ravens? And do you like the Texans, you know, having a chance here?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously the better matchup because the Ravens have been a juggernaut this whole year. I mean, we we saw what they did to the Texans the first time. And the Texans aren't the first team that got rolled by them. I mean, they may just be an all-time great team. You know, Football Outsiders has their percentages of who is likely to win the Super Bowl. The Ravens are at 43.9%. Kansas City is number two. like So AFC teams, one and two. Kansas City is at 18.9% chance. And the Texans come in at 0.5% chance of, of winning the Super Bowl. Now, those are just based on, you know, how, you know, Part of that's based on who has home field advantage. Part of that your over the whole course of the season numbers. But, yeah, you don't want to be playing this Ravens team right this second. Um, And also, I think the thing that is very helpful for the Texans is they do have the ability to run the ball on teams that are not good run defenders. They've done it the whole season. I mean, they've had – times where they haven't been able to run the ball like against tampa bay but they were the number one run defense in the league the by football outsiders measures you know kansas city is 29th at run defense and if you can't stop the texans from running they will run on you all day and and watson will run on you and that just burns the clock and keeps mahomes on on the side of the field and if If JJ can do enough disruption with the rest of the offense, like that whole secondary is, has been transformed. They are faster than what they were the first time that they faced Kansas City. And, you know, if they can, if, if they can, you know, get to the next round, then, you know, good for them, (laughs) you know. And you never know what can happen. I mean, the Titans are a very difficult matchup at this time of year, and they can play that style of ball that keeps the other team off the field. And in this playoffs, the playoffs have been very much one of those playoffs where the team that can run the ball and control the tempo have been winning games.
2: All right, Steph. Now, at what point did you think that the Texans would be in the second round of the playoffs well, the Patriots would be watching from home. Come on, be honest now. <laughs> it's quite, well, a, quite so interesting. This
0: is not no this is not a good Patriots team though. I mean, their their defense had some good numbers, but part of that was fakery because they had one of the easiest schedules in the league. So, I mean, if you're playing a bunch of crappy offenses, you're going to you're you're going to have some decent defensive performances if you're well coached, but maybe not like them being number one in defense is kind of uh, illusory a little bit. Uh, And then their offense has not been a typical Tom Brady offense. I mean, once they lost Gronk, you know, they were manufacturing offense, but yeah, it's been kind of unfair to Tom Brady to go, okay, we're just going to rely on you to system the ball down the field, but we're not going to really give you, um, plus level athletes to do that with. Right. I mean, you look good, Josh Gordon, but you know,
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. If, if you looked at, uh, you know, this matchup for, for the Texans defense, uh, just loved what I saw from Gary and Conley this past week. Roby's looked pretty solid all the way around. I mean, yeah, Tyreek Hill—he's dangerous no matter who you got on him. But you feel a little bit more comfortable than than maybe you did in past years with the Texans and and wide receivers. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Lonnie Johnson? Did did he pretty much semi shut down Travis Kelsey in that last matchup? Wasn't he? A, wasn't that a big part of it?
0: Well, I don't know if it was semi shut down because there was a very thin line between. Uh, defensing him and almost getting a pass interference call that was picked up. I mean, that's the thing about the playoffs. I mean, if you look at this on paper, the Kansas City Chiefs should be overwhelmingly favored. They have a dominant offense. Their defense is good enough and probably is a little underrated just because a lot of teams are having to to throw the ball to kind of get back into games and they have a special teams that's really really good right but you know a good portion of any game is some level of luck and making your own luck and the texans probably have two of the best players at making their own luck in in JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson i mean some of the things that they they did this last game you know if if they can get on a roll they could beat like if they play their best ball they can beat anybody i mean i i think the 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 hardest the hardest out in the league would be the ravens and there's some thought after last year's playoff loss of the ravens that maybe the second time facing them isn't as hard
2: well there's certainly a lot of truth to that because it, in the game against buffalo the texans played mostly mistake free football they didn't turn the ball over they had very few penalties so you know that's certainly something big that that any team needs to do, especially in the postseason.
0: yeah, I mean, but the the slow start, the slow start thing, they're gonna they're not gonna get a lot of the breaks that they had against the bills. Like they're gonna have to play much better ball. But the thing that they that's gonna be easier this game is they should be able to run the ball a lot easier than they were able to against the bills. Like that Bill's defense, is legitimately a good defense. Like they they played one of the easier schedules in the league, but even when they played a harder schedule last season, that was a very good defense and individually those are very good defensive players. The Kansas City defense does have some good parts to them, but they can be run on. They you can run the ball on them and and in the playoffs that if you don't have a run defense, you're gonna get run on.
1: It's early in the week, but in, any gut feeling on whether we're gonna see Will Fuller on Sunday?
0: I think they're gonna try everything that they can. Like the I, I think part of the thought was trying to save him for this week that, you know, maybe he could have gone against the Bills, but going, okay, maybe maybe we we wait. Maybe we can win this first game. And maybe it's better you know, that maybe he can come back. But the hard part about all of those leg injuries is like, like right now it's a groin injury prior to that is a hamstring injury. And probably the number one risk factor for all of those kinds of injuries and re-injury is that you're a fast person, (laughs) you know, like he, those, those things, you know, the best case scenario for him would be to have lots of, but he doesn't have that so the next best thing is okay can we get him to this other game Um, but I I have no idea I mean I think this was the goal for him and you know MRI suggested that this was a time that he could maybe come back but we'll see we'll we'll have a better sense Wednesday on on how practicing works and um, just just
1: to talk about him. What did you think about Bill O'Brien's coaching uh, this past weekend?
0: Uh, I would have, I would have liked to have seen some more adjustment on offense in the first half. Um, the end of the game, you know, like going for it on fourth down. Um, I was fine with that. I'm not sure about the play call. But, you know, a lot of that kind of discussion is kind of like kind of responding to like whether it worked or not. You know, Um, I think everybody ends up complaining about about coaching to some degree. Um, But a lot of the things in this particular game were just kind of. Josh Allen, Josh Allening late in the game. <laughs> and that's, and that's not, that's not an O'Brien thing. That's a Josh Allen thing.
1: Well, the good news is for Bill O'Brien, he's got somebody that's probably his equal in clock management in this game. Andy, Andy Reed's not exactly known for that either. The last thing I was going to ask you, and I don't know if Steven might have a follow-up, but you know, what's your feel, what's your feel about this it's early in the week, I guess, but, do you do you have a feeling like that, that this could be a close game that the, the Texans you know might win the game maybe <laughs> you know, what do you think
0: It's it's really hard to say I mean they beat them once right uh they beat them once you know of course the previous time um they had some injuries that they're not having at, at this time of year Tyreek Hill was coming back um Mahomes was coming back from his ankle, but then you know the Texans lost uh, a number of key people for that matchup too. So, and they've absolutely transformed their secondary, and the secondary has had some time to play together. And you need all hands on deck in their secondary if you're playing Kansas City. Uh, I mean, I could I could totally see the Texans winning this game straight up. I mean, all the pressure is on Kansas City they're, you know, the Texans statistically shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Like, that's why, you know, football outsiders gives them a 0.5% chance of getting the Super Bowl. But, you know, a lot of the numbers don't reflect kind of changes that have happened over the course of the season. So, Really, there, are, there is no result of this game that would surprise me because the way that the Texans play, they have played some very poor games. They have played, at times, games where you would think that they, nobody could beat them, and they have to put it all together. But this game is going to be so much harder. It's a much harder. You know, Kansas City always has good special teams. They've had that for a long period of time. You know, They have a dominant offense. And they can pick their spots on defense, particularly if they are kind of like the old school Colts. You know, the Colts never really had a great defense for many of the Peyton Manning years, but they could be effective in spurts because the Colts would get an early lead. And then the defense would take advantage of opponents when they were trying to come back from behind. And that's how Kansas city can do their business. If the Texans let them do it that way, or the, the alternative is, you know, the, the Texans could, you know, show the defense that they have the athletes for. Like, they have athletes that are capable athletes. And if they play good team defense, they can play up against anyone.
1: The high temperature's 38 degrees on Sunday as the forecast. No no uh, precipitation, I see. But is that an advantage for the Texans, maybe?
0: For a run game, maybe, I suppose, Although I, I have to say that Lubbock gets pretty cold in the winter time too, uh, and 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 I, I guess the only plus for me is I'm not going to that game. I'm kind of sad about that, but 38 degrees, not sad about that part of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: Not not your
1: thing. And, and, and we said it, it, it's it's a successful season if they get to the AFC champion. I mean, they've done something if they get to the AFC championship game. The Texans, wouldn't you say?
0: Well, no, the thing is every year, just like, you know, there's noise about going to 18 game season. And I think it's remarkable getting, getting to 16 games and coming out of it relatively healthy. I mean, I think ultimately every season should be, can you get to the playoffs? And then once you're in the playoffs, can you do something? And, you know, if if you look into it, everybody's looked at it different ways, but like, Some folks say that over 50% of games is luck. Like you need, you know, the ball bouncing a a particular way. You need the ref, you're refing it a particular way. You know, last week's game could have gone completely different if, you know, at the beginning of the second half, that ended up being a seven point play for, for the bills. You know, there's so much, you know, if, if these, Teams played 10,000 times. There's 10,000 different results. So eventually, how I see it is, do you get to the dance, and then can can you play your best, and can you get some luck? And a particularly from, from the Texans' standpoint, where they had to play an overtime game, and they're playing a very stacked team that is very um, consistent on offense and consistent on special teams, they are going to have to play their best game. And, you know, they're capable. Like, I I would not bet against Watson and Watt. Like, they do things that are crazy that I've never seen people do.
1: Yeah, J, JJ's not going to have any problem with 38 degrees outside. He's from Wisconsin. <laughs>
0: no. And, you know, no matter how cold it is, you can run the ball pretty well.
1: Yeah, for sure, and and uh, and this is actually perfect for why you have Carlos Hyde because the one thing he does is he's one of those between the tackle guys that the Texans really haven't had since Arian Foster, so that 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 could help them. And and this is wouldn't you call this more of like a power line than a than kind of a I don't know how would you define their offensive line? Do you think they're better on a power game?
0: I guess I mean th- they don't play zone enough to make it their bread and butter. You know, they're, they're not one of those kind of teams. I think they're the kind of run defense that they're committed to it enough. So part of it is just, you're banging against concrete. And I think the other part of it is they're not going to tear up good run defenses, but if you don't have a good run defense, they're going to kill you. They, they, they will beat up on bad run defenses because they're willing to, they're willing to keep at it even if they're not successful early and they have enough players to beat you with the pass too so they can they can play a balanced game they can take whatever you give them because they have a lot of different weapons now and they have a quarterback who can mix it up and has and has some level of chemistry with these guys and is is devoted to getting that
1: well i feel good after everything you've said uh, hopefully uh, it's at least going to be interesting. Uh, people already know, I think. It's at Steph Stradley. That's how to get a hold of you on Twitter. Uh, it, you working on anything? Any previews for this this game, the, the playoff game?
0: Yes, I should have a preview by the end of the week that I think is
1: going to be really good. Is it going to be a Q and A or just you? Or
0: no? always the Q and A. I like I like doing the Q and A. Basically, it's my way of talking to people. I like to talk to about football with. You know, and I swear every single time there's things that come up in the Q&A that as I'm watching the game, I'm like, oh, yeah, we talked about that this week. So there's probably going to be more of the same.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, people need to go read that. Uh, you can find her stuff at cron.com And, of course, uh, she'll, I'm sure, tweet it out at Steph Stradley. Thanks so much for doing this, Steph. Always fun to talk to you. Anytime. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk.